0: Welcome to The Short-Term Show, the show about short-term rentals and long-term wealth, with real property owners hosting real properties who are crushing it in the vacation and short-term rental space. And here's your host, Avery Carl. This episode of The Short-Term Show is brought to you by The Short-Term Shop. If you're interested in buying a short-term rental in one of the top vacation markets in America, just go to theshorttermshop.com and click get connected with an agent. If you purchase a home with the shop, you'll have access to all of our client only benefits such as training on how to manage your short-term rental. So we'll teach you everything you need to know from how to set up your Airbnb and Verbo listings to how to use the property management software that you'll need to streamline your business all the way down to helping you source your local boots on the ground like cleaners, handy people, et cetera. We've taught thousands of people just like you how to buy and manage their vacation homes from anywhere in the world. So head on over to the shorttermshop.com and click get connected with an agent to get started. I do have to mention that we're brokered by eXp or else I get in trouble. We'll see you guys over there. Hey guys, welcome back to the short-term show. Today we have the youngest guest ever on the show. The, the most recent youngest was uh, Jabbar Adesada, he has now been usurped as the the youngest. So uh, today we've got Ava Jurgens, and I'm really, really interested in hearing her story because she bought her first short-term rental at 16.
1: Ava, is that right? Yeah, we got yes. under contract when I was 16.
0: At 16 years old. So I have a whole lot of questions about how that even happened. Uh, she's 18 now. But uh, I, I just think that this is going to be really, really interesting, especially for a lot of you guys who maybe uh, you have children and you're thinking that, you know, maybe instead of them working at Starbucks when they're 16, maybe they're going to be running your short-term rentals. It certainly crossed my mind. I think Luke would rather die than have one of our kids uh, run for short-term rentals, but uh, it's just certainly something that's crossed my mind. So you know, maybe you are the young investor who needs to hear this, or maybe you're the parent of a potentially young investor who also needs to hear this. So I will go ahead and uh, introduce Ava. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, what age you decided, like, I think I might want to invest in real estate and we can go from there.
1: Yeah, I can just get into the whole like real estate origin story. So the first like time I ever came across real estate, I was sitting in a history class, and we learned about a man named Andrew Carnegie. And I just learning about him and like how he was able to get into business and be su- so successful. So young, I like realized, like, that's something I want to do. I want to have such a big impact just like him. So um, that's kind of like how I figured out I wanted to get into business. So I remember that day in class, I like searched up like books to make you successful, like something really dumb. And then I saw the book, rich dad, poor dad. So since I was 15, I couldn't drive. So I like forced my sister to drive me to target after school to get the book. And then funny enough, that day when I came home, I saw my dad at the like top of the stairs wearing a mask. And it turned out like he had COVID. So basically everyone in my family had to quarantine. But it basically gave me this opportunity to read like rich dad, poor dad throughout that whole time. Like I couldn't go to school. And then ever since I read that book, I just like was obsessed with the idea of real estate. And originally I was going to wait till I was like 18 to invest, but I was like, I cannot wait. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how it all started. So
0: you were 15 when you read rich dad, poor dad, and you started basically then like laying the groundwork to be able to do this.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: That's so mature because when I was fifteen, I just wanted to play soccer and like go to Abercrombie and pitch. And <laughs> so, um, that's that's very very mature of you. So uh, let's talk about your first deal. Your first deal was a long term rental. Yes, correct. Okay, how did that come about? Because I also know if I would have been fifteen and gone to my parents and been like, "Will you invest in, with help me invest in real estate?" They would have been like, "What what are you thinking?" So uh, <laughs> I want to hear that whole story.
1: Yeah. So basically originally, like the whole conversation kind of came up and I was like with my parents was I first told my parents like I didn't want to go to college because I was gonna go the real estate investing route. And like my mom's a teacher, so she freaked out. And basically I to show her that like I didn't need college, I needed to start real estate now and not wait till the time I got to college instead of just like talking and say, Oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. I actually just did it. So that's kind of how that started. My mom was like, Okay, prove it. But then So basically what happened was my parents were like, okay, but if you like get a deal, we'll help you out because they didn't actually think I was going to get a deal. But, um, but they, we kind of agreed that we were going to go 50, 50 on the, like all like the upfront costs. So the down payment, the closing costs, any repairs. So, um, basically it took us three months of like cold calling and direct mail to find the, um, long-term rental that we eventually got, which is like, we have it in like the greater Milwaukee area in Wisconsin. But, um, the way we actually like got the cash, me and Ben, my fiance now, um, we like did the whole real estate process together is we actually like did a couch flipping business, which is just like a little side hustle where you buy couches on Facebook marketplace and you sell them for a higher price after you clean them. You guys might've heard of this before. But um, it's just a really classic side hustle, and we we're actually able to raise about twenty grand in three months doing this method because it was during the summer we didn't have school, and that is like a five hundred dollar an hour like side hustle that you can do as long as there's couches available. It's like super easy. But um, so basically, after we had like three months to raise all this money and three months of marketing, we finally found a deal after cold calling for like five hours every single day doing direct mail, and. That's kind of like how we got our parents on board. We showed them, we did the work. We came up with our half and basically all in all, it was like 40 grand for the down payment, closing costs and everything. We paid half and my parents paid the other half.
0: Okay, so I have a lot of questions there. So first, I think the burning question on most people's minds is that obviously you can't put yourself on the loan at 18. So you're, I would imagine your parents helped with that, right?
1: Mm-hmm, and we actually, so- For the first deal, I mean, we went into the idea of co-signing, but eventually what we did is we just used an investment loan and with that, you can put it under an LLC. So obviously my parents had to be the members of the LLC because you have to be 18 to be like the owner or the member of an LLC. But now that I finally turned 18, like literally on my birthday, the ownership changed to me. So um, yeah, but I definitely needed my parents or any like other trusted adult to like be on the like... Be the member of the llc could you drive
0: uh when you did your first deal
1: so yeah so when we started looking i was 15 but by the time we actually got it, i was 16.
0: okay so what i'm the reason i asked that is that you were able to save up half the down payment by working a job when you may or may not have even had a driver's license yet mm-hmm. wow Pretty much so
1: yeah because ben my fiance he had a truck That was his first car because he had a lawn care company. So he like, of course, had a truck and that's what we used to do all the couch flips because obviously you need to have a car to move it.
0: Wow. Okay, so you at 15, not having a car, not being able to drive, were able to put in enough work at something to be able to save up the down payment or half the down payment for a property. So there's a lot of people out there listening that are grown ass adults <laughs> that I think could really benefit from hearing that, that, you know, it doesn't matter where you're starting from. You can get to the point of being able to make a down payment and buy a property. So there's mm-hmm. no excuse. There is yeah, literally no, no excuse. excuse. <laughs> All right. So, and then also the second thing that you mentioned is cold calling and sending direct mail. So, uh, did your age play any factor or did they even know when you're calling these people and saying, Hey, I'm 15 and I want to buy your house or I'm sure you didn't make that announcement, but, um, did that ever come up or were you able to just skirt that, that issue?
1: Yeah, so it, unfortunately, it like I tried to avoid it as much as possible, but like occasionally, like on the phone, I was it was okay to avoid. It was easy, but then whenever we would do like in person walkthroughs, like for example, one time we went to walk through a house, and then afterwards, the guy was like to Ben, he was like, "You literally have pimples on your face! Like you're trying to buy my house!" Like, oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, sometimes it would hurt us, but most of the time, like. Eventually for the first long-term rental we got, like the guy loved that we were young and like trying to do this and like, it reminded him of him at his age. So he like actually wanted to sell sell to us because of our age. And I
0: think that is the biggest benefit of starting young is there are, yeah, there are going to be people out there that are, that will be like the first guy, like get out of here, kid, like. I can see how there are certain personality types of the older generation that are like this This kid's trying to buy my house. And this is like, you know, my pride and joy that I've mm-hmm. spent my whole life savings on. Uh, but then there's always going to be those older real estate investors or entrepreneurs. Maybe they're not real estate investors, but that say, oh, I remember when I was that age trying to get started and they want to help you. And I think that that is the biggest Part of being young, like that's the biggest thing you should kind of lean on is finding Mm -hmm. those people that want to help you because they're out there. And, um, and you don't have that, you know, once you hit your 30s, nobody wants to like, people aren't like, oh, I remember when I was your age. Um, so I think that's that's really cool. So, what was that first deal that you bought?
1: Yeah. So, it was a long term rental again in the greater Milwaukee area. It was actually a duplex. And you're correct. So, the owner, Of that was an investor, so he's already like in the real estate game, and that's like why he liked our age and like us trying to do it. And I mean, just go over the numbers real quick. The cash flow, I mean, it the rents added up are around twenty one hundred, and then expenses are fifteen hundred. So rent, and then we only have to do we only have to pay water, and then obviously like insurance, taxes, Um, and then we cash flow about six hundred. And then since it's a partnership with my parents, we just split that in half, so it's three hundred each.
0: Awesome. And so when you had this conversation with your parents and said, I think I want to invest in real estate, I know you said that once you show them that you could do all the work and get get the funds needed, that they kind of got on board. But towards the beginning, when you first went to your parents and said, I think I want to invest in real estate, what did that conversation go like?
1: It was kind of just like, yeah, okay. Like it was just like, you could just hear they're kind of like full of doubt, like, sure, just prove it, you know. Um, but also, like, I have very supportive parents. So like, at the end of the day, like, they were never like negative about it. I guess they never like put me down and was like, Oh, no, you can't do that. Like, you're only this age, blah, blah, blah. Like, they were very supportive. So that's really
0: cool. So they just said, Okay, if you can come up with half the down payment, then we'll do it. Do you think that there was any element in them that thought, well, you, you probably would just get distracted and not follow through on this. So they wouldn't have to follow through on their end. And, and then it would just fizzle.
1: Honestly, like I was too distracted by my own endeavors to even like see their reaction. Like I was just like, I'm going to do this. But ever since I, got, I was a kid, I've always kind of just been like a go getter, I guess, and everything. So I don't really know what they thought, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So let's talk about the short-term rental. So that's a little bit different and it's, you know, another asset class that you had to convince them to kind of get on board with. And um, so how did that conversation go when you wanted to get a short-term rental and you said you had to come up with the entire down payment of that one or just half?
1: So I actually went to investors for the short-term rental.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, let's, we'll get to that in a second. Um, So what sparked wanting to do a short-term rental instead of another long-term
1: so I forget what I was listening to, but someone like was talking about it and they were explaining how much more, like how, like how much of a higher cash on cash return you can get with short-term rentals. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is so awesome. Like, because obviously it's just, it's the same amount of work to get a short-term rental as a long-term rental, but you usually are going to make more with a short-term rental. So I was like, why not just shift gears and go this route? And then basically once I like, Found out about the idea of short term rentals. I read your book. Literally, this book has <laughs> everything in it. Like, I recommend it to anyone who wants to get into short term rentals because it has everything you might possibly ever think of inside this book. Like from getting like and obtaining the short term rentals to actually managing it. Well, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so you heard somewhere on a podcast or something that that was that was a way to make more money. Then you read the book and then you went to your parents and you said, hey, I think I want to buy a short-term rental now. Uh, How'd you land on the Smokies and how'd you just convince them to get on board with that? Because I would imagine, again, they had to do the signing of the documents because you were under 18.
1: Yeah, so we raised money from other people, but like, again, it was kind of just like the liability was going to be attached to their name through the LLC still. But this one kind of took, less convincing because I already did it the first time and I already showed and like proved that like I could figure out all like because I figure out like all the insurance and all the tax stuff so like whatever they were concerned about like I was doing all the work all they had to do was sign so they were definitely a lot more on board just because we did it the first time successfully and it wasn't like so much as like I had to convince them I mean once they heard it was like out of state they were kind of like I don't know Ava but um, and it all worked out at the end of the day.
0: So I would imagine the short-term though was significantly higher price than the long-term that you bought.
1: Yes, it was definitely. It was like three times the price. And did you or them have any
0: hesitations about like leveling up like that with more liability attached to their name or they just totally trusted you like, I, like you can do it?
1: Uh, I mean, for me personally, like, always just using other people's money. Like it's a very, I feel like people don't talk about it that much, but it's like a very scary feeling. Like if the slightest thing goes wrong, like you're about to let a lot of people down and like, just, I guess being in debt is uncomfortable. So I was definitely like a lot more nervous. Um, what was the other part of the question? Oh, um, <laughs> no,
0: no. no. Uh, were they, were they nervous about it being a significantly higher purchase price? So more liability.
1: Uh, like usually for what I did with the long-term and the short-term is before like we signed anything, I always like showed them the numbers first. So they weren't necessarily concerned after like I showed them like, cause I used to make like slideshows. So after like I showed them my slideshow and like, kind of like on the calculator, like what the numbers are going to look like, um, with all the expenses, it put them a lot at ease and they weren't like stressed about it.
0: All right. I have questions about your upbringing too here in just a minute, not for my own, like making sure I'm raising my kids right to want, to, <laughs> they don't have to want to invest in real estate, but I would like them to want to, you know, have some ambition, but I want to get through your deal first. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how'd you decide on Smoky Mountains?
1: So I heard a lot about it in your book and like, I'm already kind of familiar with the area. Um, just because like, I prefer like mountains over beach. And like, that's like, honestly like one of the best places ever. So I was already kind of familiar with the area. I like read about it in your book. I was like, okay, well, I have some background here. And then obviously, like, the three P's really applied. I mean, um, at the time, it was when the market—I wouldn't say the market is saturated. It's not saturated. I would never say that. But like, it was definitely more popular than it used to be. Um, but the three P's, like, they still applied. So like, the price of the home, the popularity, and I always forget the third P. What is the third P? Price um, popularity. I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. There's basically three P's though. Like the price of the home compared to like the average daily rate and kind of like the occupancy rate, and then popularity, like how many people are going there. And as you said in the book, like it's one of the most um, popular it's no, it's the most popular visited national park yearly. So yeah. All
0: right. So how did you. Raise the money for this. So again, you're calling people to ask them for money. You're not asking them to sell them your, sell you their house now, but now you're asking them for money. and these these are more than just your parents now that you're having to convince that you can do this. So who are those people? How'd you convince them?
1: Yeah. So basically, when it came to the money portion, um we, me and Ben, we made like a huge slide deck. And it's funny because, like we had to do a business project for school. So we were just like, okay, let's just make our slide deck for our school project, like kill two birds with one stone. But also in part of the school project, like we have two high schools in our city and our um, like this certain class, like our high schools were allowed to combine, and we're like a bigger city. So there's like around like a hundred people we had to compete against in this like project. But basically what happened is a bunch of investors came to my class and we all like pitched our business ideas. And me and Ben's was a short-term rental business. So we were like, okay, if like our slide deck works here, then we can like actually use it out in the real world. And we ended up getting first place using our short-term rental slide deck. So really? we were like, okay, yeah, we did, we did. And basically what I ended up doing is like, once I felt comfortable with that, I called and like asked around my local RIA of like people who like give out like money for investments and who would be willing to do like long-term partners. I asked a bunch of my real estate friends, like, who have they used in the past. And basically I got a list of a bunch of people and I just set up like calls, Zooms or in-person meetings with them. And then I basically pitched this like slide deck I had, and it took 20 pitches, 20 different people to actually get one to say yes.
0: I would have thought it would have taken a lot more to be honest. So were you able to get the entire down payment from one investor? Yes.
1: Yes. And we right. also like me and Ben did some more couch flipping and like we paid things like, for example, all like the furnishing stuff, me and Ben paid for that. Um, but they pretty much took care of the down payment closing costs and um, any repairs. And we also did the like method you mentioned in your book of like how we're like paying them back, like the mini mortgages. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of how our deal is working out with them.
0: Okay. So tell me how you structured that. So you did, they got, did they get the financing in their name or did they just provide you the funds to get the financing in your parents' name slash LLC? Hey guys, if you're enjoying the content of our podcast, but you have additional short-term rental questions, we host a weekly live question session that you guys can join for free. It's at 1 p.m., Eastern on Thursdays. And if you head over to strquestions.com, you can sign up. So not only am I the host of this show, but I also own and manage my own properties. And I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have about short-term rental investing. So please join us anytime for a free weekly live Q&A on Zoom. Sign up at strquestions.com.
1: Yeah. So uh, the second one, it's they provided all the money, but like we still did all like the loan stuff, like under my parents.
0: Okay. And then how is it structured for you to pay them back? Just like a mini mortgage?
1: Yeah. I'll like try to explain it, but I probably won't be as good as you. (laughs) Just imagine like when you buy a house, there's like three main upfront costs, which is the down payment, the closing costs and the repair costs. You just like add that all together. And the money investor of the deal, like we're the sweat equity partners they're the money investor, they'll bring up like all of the upfront costs upfront. And then basically we'll split it in half and it's like two mini mortgages. Now, our goal as the sweat equity partners is just to use all the profit from like the short-term rental minus expenses to pay off our half of the mini mortgage. And then once our half of the mini mortgage is paid off it will revert back being like splitting the profits 50-50. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: a pretty standard way to structure it. And does that partnership, is that ongoing or did that change when you turned 18? Are you buying them out? How that, is that just still the same way that it was?
1: So yeah, now the house is in our name. So technically we have like the liability, I guess, but, um, for paying them off, basically like I, this sounds so bad because like I'm a real estate investor. I'm supposed to be leveraging debt, but that just makes me anxious. So basically me and Ben have Continue to couch flip, and then like any, because I have I have another personal business, and then he has his long care company, and basically we've just taken like the profit we've gotten from like some of ours, and just have kind of been shipping in. But for majority, like our short term rental is paying off our half. Like we wouldn't, we don't have to pay like our own personal money to our side of the mini mortgage, but like it just makes me feel better.
0: Okay, yeah, I can agree with that, and I like to get out of partnerships. Like I know everybody likes to use partnerships. They can be a great way to get started. I've had one in the past on two properties, but you always have to start partnerships with the end in mind. And what does that look yeah. like? Cause you're probably not going to hold it for the rest of your life with a partner. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's really smart. So let's talk about, so like, yeah, what did your, wh- how, what did your parents do with y'all to make you <laughs> mature enough to want to be doing this at in your like mid teens because again like when I was eighteen I just wanted to hang out in bars so I, it never occurred to me to start a business or invest in real estate or anything like that so I want to know like what preschool did you go to did you are you Montessori <laughs> or like what schools did you go to are you like I I want to know all the things
1: okay right. well I guess <laughs> just for part of my upbringing like I've honestly lived like the most normal childhood you could ever imagine. Like just, you know, middle class. Um, I went to just like your normal public school, like always had good friends and stuff. Like I honestly have the most like normal upbringing, like no trauma whatsoever has been induced on me. But um, I guess like with my parents, it was more when I was like, I kind of had my rebellion stage, like a lot sooner than a lot of people might. And that was around like, 13, 14, I just hated doing whatever my parents told me to do. And that came to like, school and stuff. And I think, honestly, what I like a credit to my success is like, when finally my mom just like, let me do my own thing. And like, it wasn't see, I feel like if my mom like, suggested like, Oh, you should read this real estate investing book, I would be like, totally like, not doing it. I don't know how to explain it. Like, Anything well, yeah, to- I think we all
0: like don't want to yeah. do what our parents say. Even now in my 30s, I'm like, mom, you stop telling me what to do. Thanks. <laughs> so-
1: yeah. No, so honestly, I think it was just like no one forced real estate on me, but like I also had the flexibility to do it. Um so I guess it's just I don't know. Like I I always just knew I wanted to be successful. And I think like that's why I did it. But I I was just raised in a very supportive like loving family. So I guess that's just a huge part of it.
0: Okay. So you're just, you're an entrepreneurial person and your parents, a normal family, your parents believe in you. And mm-hmm. that's really the end of it. That's a really, I, I mean, I love that story. I think we all, or at least I would love to, for my kids to think that, that, or to know, cause it's not thinking, but you know, that I believe in them and whatever it is that they want to do. So uh I I know I saw a post recently on the Bigger Pockets Facebook I mean not Facebook uh Bigger Pockets Instagram uh, about you and I saw it cuz they tagged me in it cuz they you mentioned my book and um I noticed that a lot of people on there were being assholes about <laughs> your age and about your parents potentially helping you because obviously if someone is under 18, obviously their parent is getting the loan in their name and signing the documents. There's no way around that. There's yeah, no great there area. There is no loophole. Yeah. So I, I would personally like to, I and I don't have their names in front of me or else I would name every single person on there who was an asshole about this. Um, <laughs> I would like to, first of all, extend a gigantic middle finger to every single person who said something like that because- they were dismissing all the work you've put in, the intelligence that it took for you and and just the believing in yourself because it's hard. It's I would imagine it was very scary to do this mm-hmm. as a teenager dismissing a lot of that because your parents signed the docs for you. And I think that that's a real problem in just society in general is when people see someone do something that they wish they could do or that they want to do. They look for reasons to kind of cut the legs out from under them and and to cut them down. And I don't think that a child, which you were obviously you're an adult now, but a child is not, in my opinion, any less capable or smart or able have the ability to do anything just because their parent helps them. It's not any different than a parent, you know, signing for a student loan for them to go to college. Like I, I, that really, really irked me. And I really, it made me kind of think of my own daughter and if, and I, oh my God, I sound so old saying that, but it did, it made made me think of my own daughter who's only four right now, but, um, I don't want to see people dismissing the work that other people have put in just because someone believed in them enough to help. Uh, you know, we don't all have the same, we're not all come starting from the same place, but we're all starting from somewhere. And I thought that that was just really uh, classless, to be honest, that all these people were commenting and saying that like for some, somehow it was handed to you, which it wasn't, you you put a lot of work in. So mm-hmm. i definitely wanted to say that on, on this platform and tell everybody, uh, you know, we, we're all running different races here and everyone's looks different. And, I wish I would have started at your age. And I'm sure everyone who said something on there did too. But I wanted to give you the platform uh, to really, you know, what what do you have to say to people who want to dismiss others because of their age or because maybe maybe they had an uncle who gave them some money to get started or or you know, what whatever that thing may be that makes people say, oh, well, she didn't really, she doesn't deserve it because of X.
1: Yeah. Like I would say that obviously I'm super grateful that my, I have supportive family and like, they really helped me, but it was still like my underlying action. That is why like I have the quote unquote success I have. And it has nothing like no one forced me to do it. And I feel like no matter your situation, there's always a way to get out of it. And I understand like there are way worse situations to be in than I like was in and, but there's no excuse literally for any, like, for someone to say that like, because of their circumstances, they can't be successful, they're basically saying that like no one successful in our world has ever had it worse than them, which is not true. Someone has always had it worse than you and like have like gotten their way up and like became successful, and I just feel like it's very easy to like project or I don't even know like <laughs> I, I i I honestly, it's just like. It just I get it so much now, especially because I'm so active on social media. I've kind of gotten used to it. And I just I can't read comments anymore because of like it. But at the end of the day, I just have to know like that, like I did that and people aren't going to understand. they're not going to take the time to understand. So like all I have to know at the end of the day is like I did it. Yeah,
0: you did the work and uh, there's no dismissing that there's no dismissing that you could have you know, go, been hanging out at Abercrombie and pitch at the mall, I guess kids don't hang out at the mall anymore. Like I did. That's, that's a pre COVID thing, but you could have been doing all that stuff, but you were working towards a goal that you achieved. And I think that whether your parents signed a couple documents or not should not be in, in the equation. So anyway, um, I hope that I am the type of parents parent to my kids that I can help them do whatever it is that they want to do and that they feel comfortable enough coming to me to say, Hey, this is what I really want to do. And I hope that I'm in a position to be able to help them do that. Whatever that is, it might be something Mm -hmm. that I have no idea about anything about and all I can do is be a supportive parent. But, um, I think that you handled that very with a lot of class and I Mm -hmm. I really admire that. Um, all right. So what's next for you, Ava?
1: Yeah. I mean, right now, like I know what I want to do in the long term. And I I guess we'll just start with like right now. So as I said, so me and Ben, we have our real estate investing company together and then he has this long care company. And then I have a company that I started about like four or five months ago. And it basically it's just like a short form content editing agency. So like for example, people like you, I edit short form content for um, whether it's like taken from podcasts or like just videos they film, just to help them build their personal brand if they're in business or just like create like organic leads and sales through their business just via social media. And basically um, I was able to scale that company to six figures in two weeks. And like with that capital, I know crazy, but the only reason is because as I mentioned earlier, like I used to cold call six hours a day and like do vigorous marketing to get like one deal. And I didn't understand it wasn't like that in other businesses. So when I apply that really aggressive marketing To another business that was in demand like it skyrocketed and that's why it was able to get to six figures in revenue in two weeks and but basically with all that capital i'm saving it up and i think what i'm or what i know i'm going to do next is i'm actually going to go the buying businesses route so i want to have like a holding company and then have like an umbrella of businesses under that
0: okay so that's that's really cool Uh, and i'm trying to think of what question i want to go with first so what made you decide to go into the social media or short term short form content world um in terms of like okay i have started my real estate investing business now where do i go from here it sounds like you're going to be an entrepreneur in one way or another no matter what so what made you decide to go that that route
1: yeah so at the time i started it like i um wanted to start buying real estate with like my own cash so I was like okay I need another business to like get cash and also since I was in the real estate industry I was like okay well I need to build my own personal brand so I started posting on social media just shorts and I was able to get like fifty thousand followers across um, like all my platforms combined um in like about two months so I was like okay maybe I can help other people do this so I just picked a service that like I already did and then that was in demand which like a bunch of people want short form content done so I just picked that service and it was in demand and um, I needed more cash for real estate. So I was like, okay, well, this is just what I'm going to do. And I just, it was like, honestly, it was crazy. Like I thought of the business and that same day I got my attorneys to draft up a contract. Like the attorneys we did like all our real estate stuff with, they just drafted up a contract that we could use with like clients. And then um, also they drafted up the LLC and my parents had to sign for those as well because not 18, mm-hmm. but um That was basically like it it just that business, I don't even know. Like that whole thing was just I that two weeks of my life I I was just working like I don't even remember half of it. It just happened. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's something I wish I I worked hard when I was younger, but I wish I would have worked harder when I, you know, was young and had no responsibilities. And um I wish I would have spent more time on on working and saving but I mean, I had a really good time. So, uh, there's nothing wrong with that either, but, um, I, I really oh, admire you for, for starting early and to, um, and, and for getting all of this up and running. I mean, cause getting a, a short-term rental, even if we're just talking about that one short-term rental, getting a short-term rental up and running is a lot of work. And it's really, oh stressful.
1: yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. And like, I've had so many, I mean, we didn't really get into it too much, but there's been so many, like, mistakes I've made and just things I've learned. And like, I have learned so much from having a short-term rental, like and especially the startup part. Cause I remember it was perfect, right? When we got the short-term rental under contract, I had spring break and that week of spring break, I worked like a hundred hours just with the startup process and like, you know, like interviewing cleaners and like getting the insurance and just ordering all the stuff that you needed to stock the place. It was the most stressful week in my life, like, but it was so worth it.
0: Well, I'm, I for one am very proud of you. I hate to sound again, like such a mom, but I'm very proud of you. And um, (laughs) so we're, uh, we're to the last three questions of the show. Uh, the first question, which is not going to apply is what advice would you give 20 year old Ava? Um, so I guess you would be speaking to your future self in, um, in this context. So what advice would you give her? So, or what I w- do you hope she's learned? I guess maybe would be a better question.
1: Yeah. So I think I'm hoping I learn how to leverage my time better. And like to go in more in depth, I guess on that is like, obviously we can all work the same amount of time, but I could use my time like differently and work towards something else that could end up like making me more money in the future. So I, I have a bad habit of not sh- like, like figuring out ways to leverage my time more. Like I'm trying to think of an example of this, um, like instead of just me personally, cold calling, like I could hire someone to do all those cold calls for me. And then in that time it would have been cold calling. I can also cold call. So like, <laughs> and just like, um, have the double amount of things getting done. I, I honestly, that was a terrible example, but <laughs> I'm really hoping I learn how to leverage my time better. Um, yeah, that's probably the I want to learn most. All right. And second question, what
0: advice would you have or what advice do you have for a new investor who's getting started today?
1: Um, I mean, I'd say after you educate yourself, even if you don't feel ready, just start taking action because that's the only reason I am where I am. Or I even got like rentals early. It's just because I took action and I just, I didn't ever stop, I guess. And I just say, if you don't stop, you don't quit. So just definitely like, just go for it. Also, great advice.
0: And what is your favorite book that has impacted your mindset?
1: I would say my favorite book that impacted my mindset probably How to Win Friends and Influence People. I guess I never, I always used to like live in my own head so much, but really, like how you treat other people is just so important.
0: I totally agree with that. And again, I would like to extend a gigantic middle finger to all of the social media assholes who are dunking on a 17-year-old girl because mm-hmm. she's investing in real estate. And screw you guys. Um so anyway, <laughs> I was gonna I I lost my train of thought there. But
1: that was uh, the, the oh, it was my birthday.
0: Oh, it was your happened. birthday? Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> so anyway, guys, I think this is a really great story uh that really illustrates that. It doesn't matter what obstacle is in front of you, whether it's age and you cannot legally sign docs to to buy a house or to get a loan. Uh, she, Ava didn't let that stop her. Uh, I had no money when we started. I didn't let that stop me. And mm-hmm. you know, there's insert any number of of hills to climb that people have gotten over to become successful real estate investors. So I think this is a really good example of that. And Ava, thank you so much for coming on to tell us your story.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. And if our
0: listeners want to find you or learn more about you, where can they do that?
1: Yeah. So on Instagram and TikTok, my username is at Ava Jurgen's, And then on YouTube, it's just Ava and Ben. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ava. And we'll catch you later. Thank you.